in the 2001 film Zoolander. The idea is that the better looking you are, the less intelligent you are. Now, of course, that's not true. Just in case any of you are sitting there thinking, well, I'm very good looking, so I, but I'm intelligent. It's not true. It's just a crazy film, okay? But the main character in that film, a guy called Derek Zoolander, he's extremely good looking, so he's extremely unintelligent. So when people showed him a model, or a scale model of the school that they were going to build in his honour, called the Derek Zoolander Centre for kids who can't read good and who want to learn to do other stuff good too, catchy name, he was extremely angry. What's this, he asked, as he picked up the model and smashed it on the floor. A centre for ants? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't fit inside the building? The centre has to be at least three times bigger than this. Now the problem of course was this guy mistook the model for the real thing. Now we would never make that same mistake of course. But some people do kind of make a similar kind of mistake. I think some of the Jews made a similar kind of mistake when it came to the tabernacle and the temple. They treasured these sanctuaries. They rejoiced in them. They depended on them. And so when some of them trusted in Jesus, they found it incredibly difficult to walk away from them. Was it really right to turn their back on the temple with all of its magnificent architecture and sacred ceremonies and dignified priests just to trust in Jesus alone. So the writer of Hebrews taught them that although the tabernacle and the temple were amazing gifts to the nation from God, they were only models. They were not the real thing. And so they were limited in what they could provide. They needed a better sanctuary. One that only Jesus could provide. So that they could really draw near to God. And although we're not in exactly the same kind of situation as they are. Or they were. This is relevant for us too. Because many people today think that in order to really connect with God, we need a sacred building with ornate decoration and special people to perform solemn ceremonies and rituals. That's many people's idea of how to draw close to God. So we too need to remember but instead we need a better sanctuary. The one that only Jesus can provide. So we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 1 just down to verse 10. So verse 1 says this. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand, 
the table and the consecrated bread that was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed, as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They are only matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations, applying until the time of the new order. Last week, if you were here, we compared the covenant that God made with the people of Israel on Mount Sinai with the new covenant, the new and better covenant that God has brought us into through Jesus' death on the cross. But in this passage, the writer looks back to that old covenant and the worship and the sanctuary that it provided. So he says in verse 1, Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. As we saw last week, this sanctuary, this tabernacle, was designed by God and was given by Him to Israel as a place where they could meet with Him. But this tabernacle was limited It was insufficient to meet their needs. And I think there's at least five reasons given in in this passage for this. And the first one is, as it says here in verse 1, that it was on earth. This was an ornate tent. A structure made with wood and finely twisted linen, and blue, and purple, and scarlet yarn, and goat's hair, and ramskins, and the hides of sea cows, and silver bases, and gold clasps. But in essence, it was still just a tent. It was an earthly sanctuary, made by man. But that was a problem because God is too big to be confined to a building on earth. This is what Solomon said when he was dedicating the temple that he built in Jerusalem years later. He said this, 1 Kings chapter 8. Will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. 
how much less this temple I have built. And Stephen said the same in his amazing sermon just before he was stoned as a martyr. He said this in Acts 7, The Most High does not live in houses made by men. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me? Says the Lord. An earthly sanctuary will never be awesome enough For our awesome God. A building made by men will never truly be God's house. But there's another problem with this being an earthly sanctuary. That is, very simply, it could only be in one location at a time. So only some people could experience the blessings of it. And that divided people. Maybe you remember when Jesus met the woman at the well of Sychar, the Samaritan woman. She, she was, the, the conversation was getting a little bit too personal. So she threw in this, this religious controversy. She said, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. That was the the major, one of the major bones of contention between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't want to go to Jerusalem to worship in the temple there, so they built their own temple on their own mountain. And that caused further division between these two groups of people. And it's the same today, isn't it? If we think that God lives in a special building, then our idea of God will be too small and we'll think that only some people can come to know Him. We'll think that you have to go to that special building in order to meet with God and that will exclude a whole load of others. But the problem of, of this tabernacle wasn't just that it was on earth. It was also that it was a shadow. Last week we read about the Levitical priests. That they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. That's in chapter chapter 8 verse 5. The tabernacle was not the ultimate reality. Rather, it pointed to the ultimate sanctuary in heaven. In this tabernacle, the first room that you went into was called the holy place. This room had had no windows. And so, the seven-branched lampstand lit up this room. If you see in verse 2, it says, in its first room were the lampstand. Now, some people think that this points to the fact that the nation of Israel was called to be a light for the Gentiles in Isaiah 42. Or how Jesus said, I am the light of the world, in John chapter 8. Or how Jesus said to the disciples, you are the light of the world, in Matthew chapter 5. But it also points forward to John's vision of heaven. Because in Revelation chapter 4 verse 5 it says, before the throne 
seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Or maybe better translated, the sevenfold spirit of God. Seven is a picture of, of perfection, of completion. So this is a, a, a symbol of the spirit of God before the throne. Then also in this room was the consecrated bread. These were twelve loaves of bread. They were to represent each of the twelve tribes of Israel. And they were in place there on that table each Sabbath. These loaves of bread were called the bread of the presence. Pointing to the fact that the, that the presence of God was what ultimately sustained the people of Israel. Also reminds us of how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. The next room in this tabernacle was an even more special room. Behind the curtain that divided those two rooms was a room called the Most Holy Place. In it, or maybe just even on the way into it, the, the, there are a couple of passages that kind of give different ideas about that, was what was called the golden altar of incense. This incense, as it, as it billowed into the air, shielded the high priest's eyes from actually looking on the Ark of the Covenant when he entered into the most holy place. But David, he also viewed this incense as a, a picture of prayer. Ascending to God. This is what he said in Psalm 141. May my prayer be set before you like incense. And that picture is continued also in John's description of heaven in the book of Revelation. When he saw the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And then the final piece of the furniture in that tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 4 says the Ark contained the gold, gold jar of manna which was a reminder of God's provision for them as they went through that wilderness for 40 years. It also contained Aaron's staff that budded, which was a sign how God had really chosen Aaron and his descendants to be the priests. But it also contained the stone tablets of the covenant on which were written the law. And that is really significant because, verse 5 says, Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. Now the atonement cover was basically the lid of the box. And on, it, and on this lid, the high priest sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice for his sins and, and the sins of his people. And so, the blood covered over the tablets of the law inside the ark. So, the blood covered or atoned for them breaking the law. 
It covered over their sin. But this ark was also the place that God said he would meet with his people. It says that God is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the ark. Second Samuel 6 and 2. So it's a really special place. A really special piece of furniture. But it was only a symbol of a heavenly reality. So when Jesus rose from the dead and he was exalted as king of the universe, he didn't go to Jerusalem and go into the temple and go and sit on the Ark of the Covenant. No. He ascended. And he sat down at that right hand of the majesty in heaven. So this tabernacle and its furniture, it was amazing. It was full of significance and meaning. But all of it was just a symbol of something greater. A heavenly reality. And if we had the choice, we would all choose the heavenly reality. And not just the symbols. Because we need the real thing. Not the shadow. And that's because the tabernacle was inaccessible. The writer showed this by going on to describe the ministry of the priests in that tabernacle. It says in verse 6, When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. Day after day, the priests could enter there and offer the, 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 the gifts and the sacrifice in that holy place, the first room of the tabernacle. This was their privilege to go in there and to, and to worship God. But it was also the responsibility because they were going not just for their own benefit. They were going to represent the people because the majority of the people just couldn't get in at all. This was only for the priests. But even those priests, they couldn't enter into the second room. The most holy place. They couldn't go through that curtain into that room because only the, pre- the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year. And never without blood, which he offered for himself and, the, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Once a year, on the day of atonement as it was called, the high priest alone was allowed to enter into that second room. And he did it to offer two, two sacrifices, the blood of a bull to cover over the sin of himself and his own household and the blood of a goat for the sins of his people. But after doing that, he would have to leave. And nobody was allowed, nobody was permitted to enter into that room again until another year had passed. And that showed the insufficiency of this tabernacle. It showed, verse 8, that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed. 
The tabernacle was an amazing meeting place between God and His people. But it could not provide a place in which people could come close to God. They could come so far, but not right into the very intimate presence of God. So the tabernacle declared that God wanted to be with His people. That He loved them. That He longed for a relationship with them. That He wanted them to come close. That He wanted them to rest in His presence. Rejoice in His greatness. Experience His love and His joy and His peace. But that curtain between those two rooms powerfully declared that that relationship was not fully open yet. Even with all of the rules and the regulations, even with all the symbolism and the sacrifices, the tabernacle could not open up a way so that people could draw close to God. And fourthly, that was because the ministry of the tabernacle was external. Yes, the priests had to follow all the rules and regulations that were set out in the law. But these rituals, verse 10 says, were only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings. External regulations. And those external regulations could never deal with our internal problem. External washings can only deal with external problems. But we had an, an internal problem. So that curtain between those two rooms, the holy place and the most holy place, was not the real barrier between the people and God. It was only a symbol of that internal barrier. The awareness of guilt before a holy God. People couldn't just walk into that most holy place because God is holy. He is separate from us. Because he is completely perfect and sinless. And we are not. This is not my halo hanging above my head. We are not perfect. We are not sinless. And all the countless sacrifices and gifts offered in the tabernacle could never overcome that problem. Day after day, year after year, it could never solve this problem. Yes, there was a level of provision for forgiveness in the tabernacle. Verse 7 says, for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. But for willful sins, for the deep rebelliousness that's in all of our hearts, there was nothing. And so those old covenant believers never experienced that freedom from guilt 
that full and complete forgiveness that they longed for. Their hearts condemned them and told them that they could never come confidently into God's intimate presence. But the great news is, the wonderful news is, that lastly, this tabernacle was only temporary. It was not God's final way to approach him. It was not his ultimate solution to our need of him. Instead, this tabernacle functioned on external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Only until then. The sanctuary was, this sanctuary was connected to the old covenant that as we saw last week, God called obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. It says in chapter 8 verse 13. And in the same way that tabernacle was a temporary provision. Yes, it was replaced with a more permanent structure, the, ta- the temple. But even that was destroyed a number of times, finally and fully, in AD 70. So although this was an amazing gift from God to his people, although the tabernacle did enable them to meet with God and receive his help, it was never enough. It was always insufficient. It always left them needing more. It was on earth. So it was only available to some people. It was a shadow. So it was only a symbol of something greater. It was inaccessible. So it illustrated that they could not come close to God. It was external, so could never really deal with her guilt. And it was temporary. So now it's no longer available. We, need, we needed something better. We needed something sufficient. We needed something that could really meet our needs. And this is why, as we'll do for the next couple of weeks... We're going to celebrate Christmas. This is why Jesus is worth celebrating. Because God has given us this better sanctuary in the person of His Son. So today we don't come to an earthly sanctuary. Because Jesus declared to the woman at the well, a time is coming when you will worship the the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And we don't come to the shadow of a reality. Because if we put our faith in Jesus, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And one day Jesus is going to come back again and take us to be with Him in heaven forever. And we don't long for a God who is inaccessible. 
Because when Jesus died, the curtain of that, of that temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And so we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. We don't need to depend on external regulations about food and drink and ceremonial washings. Because by one sacrifice, He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And this way to God is not temporary. It's not just for a time. Because what Jesus has done will last for eternity. He has become the source of eternal salvation for all who will obey Him. Today, we don't need to focus on the model. We don't need a sacred building with ornate decoration. We don't need special people to perform solemn ceremonies and rituals. Because if we have Jesus, if we have trusted in Him as our Savior and Lord, we have something that is far In Him, we have all that we need.